Hello, good morning, good afternoon. Welcome back to Girls Gone Healthy. Today we are joined by our guest, Samantha, where she walks us through her own health and fitness journey. And I love her story because, you know, she was an avid marathon runner. She loved running. It was everything. And then, you know, she did kind of put her body through a little bit too much stress. It became a little bit too extreme for her. And so, she had to work through okay how can I start to incorporate other things in my life like relaxing like yoga just other things that won't put my body in stress and we talk about this idea of like weight gain meaning that you've let yourself go or not training as hard means you've let yourself go and we go into you know the shoulds of always feeling like we should do more and how you know it's really negative to be living in these shoulds so I'm really excited for you guys to listen to this conversation. And then before we get started, I just wanted to bring up for all of our new listeners, we do have a Facebook group for Girls Gone Healthy, Girls Gone Healthy, Healthy Tips in Your 20s. It is all for accountability, if you like daily check-ins, if you like being in a community of supportive, encouraging people, go join. The link is right below, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Hey guys, today we are joined by Samantha, and Samantha is a certified health coach who used to be an avid marathon runner, but she got caught up in some of the extremes, she lost her period, she'll be telling us more about her story, but now she helps others just find their balance and stop obsessing and start living. I'm so excited that you're here today. Yes, I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me on. I love I love your show. It's such a uh, message that's needed. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. That's kind of why I started it, you know, like we both were at that point of our lives where it would have been nice to have something like this. <laughs> so, you know, kind of helping others through it. But I would love to know more about your personal story. Um, I know that you're a marathon runner. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, God, I, you know, I did not grow up running. <laughs> like I, in gym class, I would like, try to find ways to sit out of it. <laughs> so it's not like I was, you know, I was never on track. I never ran with the team. Um, I fell in love with it in, I guess, really college, just kind of start on my own. And it was like that personal challenge of, okay, I'm going to take these walk breaks. And then suddenly, oh, I don't need to take a walk break. I can run through this one. Signing up for 5Ks that like my co- my small college put on. So like, you know, where you kind of know everyone that's running <laughs> situation. Um, I trained for my first half towards the end of college. And then when I moved to Chicago, where everything is pancake flat. I'm like, it's real easy to fall in love with running there. There are no hills. I'm from Kentucky. (laughs) And the running community there is, it is amazing. For such a big city to feel like you belong to something and to go for a long run on a Saturday morning and see five people that I know just like on the lakefront running, it really made me fall in love with the sport more. And I was really just kind of a solo runner. I would do run group once a week, but the rest of my runs were on my own. It was like my me time. And I loved the challenge of it, of suddenly seven miles that used to be a long run for me being just like a a moderate out for seven miles and back and no big deal. Um, And started marathons in you know, I ran like, I think five or six halves before I was ready to jump. I know people that like just sign up for a full and that's not me. (laughs) I was like, I need to definitely know I can do this. And I did my first full was grandma's marathon. And that was in 2010. 
And so between like June of 2010 and then the last one I did was in January of 2016, um, I did seven. So I, you know, I always kind of had one like in sight. Yeah. You're always training for the next one. Yes. Always training. Or I had, I think I've done, I lost count. I have my medals. I think I did, I'm at maybe 18 or 19 halves. So I would sprinkle the halves in in between and just always have a race. Even if it wasn't one I was like trying to PR in, just have something on the calendar. Yeah, it kind of gave yourself something to look forward to. Exactly. Even not training hard, just like, so I was always running. I would do usually kind of 30 miles a week. Um, and it was something, and I still like running. It was something I very much enjoyed, but it kind of took on that feeling of if I don't run, even not training for something, just like my regular week, if I don't get a run in, I would feel really guilty for it. And so it's that fine line of it's considered healthy, but when it's too much and you're not listening to when you need a break, well, suddenly it's unhealthy. And it's real hard to see that line. (laughs) Yeah. So I know that for you, you know, I know a little bit about your story. So was it when you were starting to try to get pregnant and have your kids that you started to realize all these issues that it had caused? Or was there anything beforehand? Um, You know, I think that's when physically I saw the issue because the issue was I did not have a period, but I was not, you know, I didn't have hair loss. I I wasn't slowing. Um, You know, I could hit my time goals. Um, I didn't feel lethargic. I wasn't having trouble sleeping. I wasn't getting injured. I got, I pulled a hamstring once in like 10 years of running that much. So no other physical signs at all. But I will say that I did feel like something in my mind was like, this is a little much, like maybe not even doing so much, but I'm putting too much pressure on myself of like, I I have to get these runs in. Um, And I guess I could feel that stress around you know, either vacations or friends were coming in town. It was the first thing is when am I going to get my runs in? When I go home to visit my family, it was, you know, I'm not taking a day off. When can I get the run in? So that kind of was an inkling of like, okay, um, like it's too, it's too much, just too much pressure myself when I'm not training for anything, just like daily life (laughs) needing to get that run in. And I think I kind of, felt like, okay, something like something is going to have to happen or a major life change to make me stop. I don't think I'm going to be able to just stop, you know? And so for me, that was like, well, probably when we get ready to have kids, whether I had period issues or not, or trouble getting pregnant or not, I'm clearly going to have to slow down once I am pregnant and and have a baby. Like something is going (laughs) to, I can't keep doing what I'm doing exactly now. So that was kind of in my head. Um, But yeah, when I went off the pill and didn't get a period, it was, it turned out to be a bigger issue of you have, you have nothing to bleed out. (laughs) There's, there's just not enough body fat. And um, so it wasn't eating enough to support that, that, marathon running, which is the other huge piece of it. (laughs) Yeah. So you were, you know, you're still training, you realize that it was a lot, but you're like, okay, I don't have any symptom of it being like too much, but you knew in the future, you're like, okay, there's going to become a point that it ends. Can you kind of go into when that point hit for you and what happened there? So once we realized that, and I didn't have a name for it, it's hypothalamic amenorrhea when you're missing your period from, I mean, it's like the female athlete, athlete triad basically. Right. Um, and it was like, well, something has to change. I mean, the doctor is telling me it, it could be you're running. I mean, they're very nice about it because, <laughs> you know, if it's your sport, if it's something that you do love, 
it's like, well, that's part of me. It was part of my identity. I'm a runner. I was coaching runners. So I was like also a run coach. And it was like, well, the bigger goal here for me is to get pregnant. And we ended up doing IVF, but regardless of how I knew I needed to change things to support a healthy pregnancy. So it was very clear, like, okay, now is the time. <laughs> now is the time I'm going to have to change. And and I think what made it possible for one was like, well, this isn't forever. You know, it's not like, oh, you will never run again, right? It is, this is the season of life and, and it's going to look so you, a little different. like got than, the news from the doctor the past, of, okay, like, like maybe it's your running, right? Like maybe this is negatively impacting it. Maybe this is causing your period issues. When you got that news, were you like, okay, I'm going to completely quit running and remove it from my life? Or were you like, maybe I should scale back? Like, how did you react to that? I scaled back. And I think for anyone receiving information like that, it's, it's going to go one of two ways. Um, I mean, unless you like totally deny it, but it was, it was my goal is bigger of, I want to get pregnant. It was like, okay, I'm, I hear you. <laughs> um, I knew for me, I couldn't just cut it out completely um, that I would need to take, you know, baby steps. And so I cut back from, I was running like 30 miles a week. So I was running four to five times a week, like every single week. Um, so I cut back to three times for 30 minutes. I wouldn't go over 30 minutes and I cut down to three times. So I was probably running about 10. So I mean, I cut it by two thirds and that was, and I took out intervals. So that was the other thing. I was like, I will just do steady state running instead of like really trying to push myself because it's that intensity that my body was like, this is too much. And so I did that for, I don't know how long. I mean, I did that for months. And then before we did our transfer for IVF, I was like, I just need to, I need to stop completely. <laughs> I need to stop completely. I put on some weight and because I was at a really low BMI, you know, like under um, you know, 18.5 is, and I, I don't love the BMI scale. <laughs> There's a lot of issues with it, but generally speaking, below 18.5 is, is considered underweight in which I was. So I knew I needed to put on some weight and I put on some, but I felt I was still being a little restrictive. You know, I knew I wasn't totally allowing myself to eat everything I wanted. And it was like, well, if running, can, can I, can I get by without running? I think that was a big thing of let's see, is it really my only coping mechanism? And like, what else can I do? Um, so it was kind of a test, right? Because for you, it wasn't just a workout. Oh, it was no. something that you had goals in. It was something that, you know, you used to push yourself, to challenge yourself. Like it was all these things besides for just exercise. So many things. And like I said, it's, it's part of your identity. Um, if someone describes you as like, oh, yeah, she's the runner. It's like, okay. And of course, you know, you're more than that. Like, of course you do. But still, there's something of, okay, but what's like my thing that, you know, that's like, that's kind of my hobby. That's how I know a lot of friends through that. If I'm not running marathons, if I'm not running races, if I'm not running much, like, am I still a runner? Like, you know, if this was a community I was a big part of, where does that go? So there's a lot of those, even if you're not really realizing it, those thoughts are there. <laughs> so it's finding new, new things to enjoy. And a lot of it, and, and I've told this before, I'm like, I would have rolled my eyes if someone said this, but truly um, going out and walking, provided a lot of what I got from running. It was that alone time, it was being outside, listening to podcasts or music and having that time to, to just think without talking to anyone, you know? 
going out for a walk provided all of those things. So it wasn't like the endorphin rush, but it was still movement. It was still outside. It was still solo time. And so I think it was breaking that routine is hard. You know, we like routine <laughs> and I'd been in the same routine for so long that it felt really weird. Like I was cheating or something to break it. But pretty soon it felt like, okay, this is my new routine. You know, I just needed to get over the hump of it feeling weird that, <laughs> that I wasn't doing what I was used to doing. So you kind of thought about like what you enjoyed about running, right? Like it was your self-care time. It was your alone time. It was, yeah. you know, you could take a break, go outside. And so you found that and you're like, okay, but I can just apply that to walking. And then you let that fit into your schedule. Yeah. Yeah. And, and a lot of that is, because like I said, if when I was running a lot, I would be like, yeah, okay, but walking is not the same. And it's not looking, it's not the same, right? It's not looking at really a replacement for it. It's just like, okay, what else can I get from this? It's like when people try yoga and they're like, oh, it's too slow. And it's like, well, you're looking at it to be your tough workout. And it's, that's not the purpose of yoga. <laughs> it's the opposite of that. And so if you can look at it, okay, what are the benefits that I need? Because, because running in the intensity is, is not helping my body. Even if I like it for my mind, like my body is telling me this is not working for us. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I love that you're able to find that other activity to help because I think it's so hard too. you know your identity is so closely linked with running I'm sure you know your friends would always talk to you about oh what's the next marathon when's this when's that and then to be like oh I actually like can't run that much anymore you know it, it's hard it is it is and and finding other things that you enjoy outside of that and knowing that it doesn't mean you're suddenly like cut off or anything you know that it's just this kind of phase that looks different right now um, and just looking at it as like, okay, I'm training my body for something else. You know, training your body for a marathon is totally different from training your body to get pregnant. It, it, it's a different body type. Yeah. And everyone goes through phases of life. Like, you know, even if it's not getting pregnant, maybe you translate from college life into now you're working a nine to five, like schedules change and you have to be able to adapt with that. Totally, totally. Yeah. And it's like, feels weird at first. You're like, oh, wait, where did when I used to do this, I don't have time for that anymore. Okay, well, what can you make time for? Like, how can you implement some of what you liked about that? And because a lot of it was, okay, I, there was things I missed about it, but there are also things I didn't. The stress of trying to get a run in, like that was real nice for that to be gone and just non-existent. And to know that I wasn't worried about, did I push myself hard enough? The, it was the opposite goal of like, don't push yourself too hard. So really looking at it like in a different way of, okay, I'm, I'm leaving some of the stuff I really liked about it, but I can also leave the stuff that was becoming too much. Yeah. So you had to transfer from, you know, running multiple miles a day, every single day for years to now you're like, okay, I have to cut back a little bit. Do you have any tips on like how to make sure that your new routine is sustainable? Yeah. Um, Cause it, like I said, it feels real weird at first. And so it's some experimentation. It's some like, okay, look at, for one, just look at the basic guidelines. So for me, that was, well, if it's the intensity, I'm going to take out intervals. So start there, like start super small of how much can I cut back and still be happy with and like get used to that. Um, what more can you add in that maybe you weren't, didn't have time for. So for me, that was more yoga. I was going once a week, most weeks. Um, but I really fell in love with it. And so for that, I made a challenge there. Like, I'm gonna try to do a, hand, a headstand. And so like, I taught myself how to do a headstand, to have some other goal or walking with friends to meet up, to like make it a thing. I think it really 
has to feel something that you look forward to. So trying other classes, trying like a dance class or something that is gentler on your body. So physically it's what you need to be doing, but maybe you wouldn't have had time for it. Like planning things outside of running. Okay. If every Saturday morning you woke up and went on a long run, like what else can you do with that time? What else can you get into that you were kind of, even friends that you kind of put on the back burner, right? That you like suddenly didn't have time for with your training schedule. Yeah. No, that's really good advice because with you starting yoga, you weren't like, oh, yoga's replacing running, right? Like you weren't like every running, like training that I had, I'm going to now go to yoga. You're like, no, I'm going to take like this other time that I have now it's free time and just kind of see what else I enjoy. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And, and that's why, I mean, that's why I like coach the way I do. I mean, it's really having someone to be accountable to because otherwise it's like, well, I can do one more run. Like that won't hurt. Like I can do a run a day, but having someone to be like, no, like let's remind you of your bigger goal here. And maybe it's not even, you haven't even lost a period. I mean, that's why I talk to more women that, you know, haven't just had a physical issue like that, but when it's too much on your mind, I did a poll a little while ago and it was like, you know, for how many people do thoughts of your, your body image and food and getting your workouts in, um, occupy too much of your time. And everyone's like, it's too much. Like, it feels like it's too much. I feel like I should not be thinking about it this much. So maybe you're not seeing adverse, like physical effects, but if it's a drain on you, I mean, that's an added stress. And I think, you know, in your gut, if it's like, is that sustainable what you're doing for infinity? (laughs) And if it's not, then things need to change. Right. And kind of getting help with that because it's, it's scary to make a big change, you know, to cut back. We are, I think so, especially as women, we feel like we should be pushing more and keeping up with it and scaling back is seen as, like letting go when it's it's not it can be what you need and what you want but we're kind of scared to do that yes i love that advice because yeah like usually the answer is always think more 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 right like what more can i do and you know when you let go of some of that control it's like well am i letting myself go am i not caring as much about myself and it's like no self-care can also be letting yourself relax taking a break from it it's so true you're right i mean just like more 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 and i think that I mean, I almost don't even like the word healthy anymore because the way it's been contorted, like your show is showing like what true health, true health is balance and happiness. And the more you try to cram in and like every article you read and everyone you hear speak and every tip you hear, trying to implement all of those things is going to make you crazy. (laughs) It's going to make you so stressed and you need to just pick and choose what's most important to you. So really looking at your biggest values. And I feel like you know, it sounds so cheesy, but putting happiness kind of at the top of that. Okay. But does it make me happy? Like great meditation is amazing for some. Do I like it? I'm going to try it. If it, if it fits great, I will do it. But if not, I'm not going to continue to do this thing every day just because someone says I should do it or it's, it's healthy, you know, and really being able to discern, okay, but does this bring me happiness? And, and could I do this? Would I do this if, um, I couldn't tell anyone about it? Because I think a lot of it is like, oh, well, let me list all the things that I'm doing. But like, 
would you do those if you weren't like promoting it right <laughs> about yourself? Yeah, like that's a great thing to mention about meditation. Like a lot of people like it and it can be a great tool, but it shouldn't be something that you feel like should just be on your to-do list of, okay, I'm becoming healthier. You know, it should be something that you look forward to. Yeah. And I totally like with meditation, I love it now and I actually do it every day, but I tried over the past five years, there's at least two or three times I tried to implement it and it just didn't stick. I just didn't, I felt forced. I didn't really get anything out of it. So I think it's great to try these things, but really see like, okay, does this feel like I'm forcing it? I'm not really getting anything out of this and keep trying it. Maybe, you know, you're just not ready for that, whatever that is. If you're not ready for it yet, okay. But you don't need to do all the things. I think we make our own like one of the things I never thought I would do is we make our own salad dressing instead of buying salad dressing, we make our own. But years ago that I did not want to do that at all. Like someone gave me a little salad dressing, like homemade thing. I was like, I'm not going to do this. <laughs> this is not me. And now I do it. And it's not because it's like, Oh, I suddenly have time. It's like, that was suddenly an interest and I felt it was worth it to me. There's other things I don't feel that are worth it. Making your own almond milk. I'm not going to do that. I don't think I'll ever do that, <laughs> but people do it, but I'm not going to read this article and say, oh, I should do that. It's a lot of shoulds. If you hear yourself saying a lot of, I should, like really, th should you? I mean, is that you? Like, really? <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's a really easy trap to get into, right? Like you'll read one article and it's like, this is the healthiest habit or this is the healthiest food. And then you feel like if you don't like that, then you're like, oh, that's it. I can't right. be healthy anymore. Yeah, I'm not healthy anymore. I, I have to force myself. How can I trick myself into liking it? It's like any, I mean, that's a red flag for any article or anyone says that, you know, this is the one thing you need. Like this is the one food, the one exercise. It's like that, that's insane. <laughs> and just that comparison, I think, I mean, I, I've talked about this before of to think, you know, when, when magazines will put out there, like, you know, so some celebrities like workout plan or, or what they eat in a day. And to think that what they're implying is if I work out that way, I will look like them, which like, no. And, and it's not calories and calories out the same. Like you and I could eat the exact same thing and do the exact same workouts. We're not going to lose or gain the same amount of, you know, body fat or muscle. Like our bodies are totally different we have to do what's good for for us and not expect to get someone else's results. Yeah, no, I love that. And then that kind of brings me into sort of your next transition too, is I know that you've talked about before is you started training less and you also needed to up your nutrition. You needed to start eating more. And so, you know, with that combination, you know, like you're likely going to be putting on weight. And that kind of falls back into that mindset that we grew up with of like, that's letting yourself go or like not caring about yourself as much. How did you get through those mental barriers? Oh my God. It, it, that's so true that any weight gain is bad, right? And even to the point where I have this conversation with someone else that if someone says, oh, you look healthy, they're like, oh, have I gained weight? It's like, what, <laughs> what? But we have those thoughts or like, and that any, it's bad to go up a size or anything like that. Um, and it was a fear and I was underweight. Um, and it's that gray area of, I did not have an eating disorder. I was not sick, but it was not healthy. I was, it was disordered eating. You know, it was trying to keep myself thin. 
And I think I didn't realize that until I had to do the opposite. I was like, oh, this is actually a fear for me. <laughs> I didn't think I'd be bothered by this, but it is. And so really it was small steps. It was, okay, I'm not going to think about how much, you know, how much am I going to have to gain to get it back? I'm just going to make these specific changes. So one was, and I always bought like non-fat yogurt. It was like, okay, I'm going to buy, I'm going to do whole fat. And it was scary. It was like, that's a lot of calories. <laughs> and I don't remember, honestly, I don't count calories anymore. I can't remember if I kept counting them or if I just kind of tried not to, because we're so attached to these numbers, you know? And so I would just make small changes like that of, okay, here I can sneak in. I'm not going to feel super full, um, but I'm going to have more peanut butter. I'm going to cook with extra butter. And I really slowly did it. I slowly gained at first. And then the easier it got of like either not counting or just getting used to eating when I was hungry versus the time instead of, you know, I still like will catch myself doing this on accident. It's like, I'm hungry. I'm like, oh, but you know, I usually don't eat till eight or whatever. And it's like, okay, but I'm hungry. What am I doing? <laughs> but we have these routines. I think it's especially for the very routine oriented. It feels weird to go off of a routine, you know, this is the brand I always buy, or this is the time I eat or whatever it is. And so to really be able to listen to that more, I started to look at it as I need to gain weight to get my cycle back or to get pregnant for this IVF to work. Anything else is going to be sabotaging that. If I'm not actively trying to gain weight when I know I need to gain weight, then what am I doing? I'm working against myself. And so that was like, you just have to be honest with yourself <laughs> of, you know, and, and maybe you don't need to gain weight, but maybe it's just the restrictive habits. It's thinking of the greater good of, okay, if I didn't, it's scary to let these go, but if I didn't have them, then what would I be doing? What brain space could I be using instead? And what would make, what would be more fun about my life? Well, it would be really more spontaneous. It'd be easier to accept invites to go eat. Um, I wouldn't be so strict with, you know, how I cook. Now my husband will cook us dinner and I'm not worried about how much oil he's putting in or anything. It doesn't matter anymore. And so thinking of the bigger, like kind of greater good that comes out of it. Yeah. Cause it's kind of reframing it to be like, what are these habits costing me? Yeah. Cause to you continuing on, like that was costing you your cycle, the possibility of becoming pregnant. And, you know, a lot of people, they can think about that in their own life. Like, is it costing you to miss meals by trying to stay on your routine? Is it costing you time with your friends because you'd rather go train and then sleep and then nourish? And like, you know, you're focusing so much mental energy, so much time um, that at some point, you know, it does become unhealthy. So think about the cost and benefits of it. Yeah, exactly. And again, putting your happiness there is, are you really happy doing that. And it's not like you don't have happy moments or anything, but is that specific aspect, like you said, if someone invites you out to brunch and you're like, your first thought is, oh, but <laughs> what's the menu there? Instead of, oh my God, I haven't seen her in two months. I would love to go see my friend. Like that should be your first thought <laughs> versus like, what's the menu and what am I going to order? Right. They, you just want to see them. They want to see you. And so to be able to say, what's the, you know, what's your biggest value is your biggest value staying thin or getting thin anything around body shape, or is it friends and family? Or is it enjoyment out of your life, you know? And I mean, it sounds so big picture, but it's really those, that's the choice you're making. And that's the trade-off you're making. 
every day. That is such a good nugget of information right there. Just like, what are you putting your value into? Wow. Yeah, because when you think about it that way, it's like, yeah, are you valuing going to the gym just to try to like hit a PR over <laughs> something that brings you happiness or people in your family? Like when you put it that way of, you know, that's when you should start to reframe your mind. So I love that. And and it's not like, because this is the thing, it's not like, okay, well, it's bad to to ever say, no, I'm not going to do happy hour. I'm going to do this gym class. It's when it's every single time, you know, it's when you're not even questioning, I'm not missing this gym class ever, <laughs> you know, it's being able to make those exceptions because it's totally fine to have physical goals, to enjoy a tough workout um, and to prioritize running if it's making or whatever your thing is, if that's making you happy. But it's if you feel that pull of, I would really love to go see my friend, but I'm going to be guilt, like feel guilty if I don't do this run. That's the difference. It's, am I really excited to do this run? Or really excited to go to this class? Or am I just going to go because I'm going to feel guilty? I'm going to have to alter how I eat if I don't go. That's, that's the difference. Yeah, that is great. And then my last question for you here is, so now fast forward to where you are now, what are your current health goals? Yeah, it's so different. I still, you know, and that's why I tell everyone, I'm like, I'm not telling you not to work out. Like, it's just keeping it that it's in a reasonable level. Because I still love working out. I do a lot more yoga. Um, I run occasionally when the weather's nice. But the bigger priority is spending time with my son, right? I've started to do more dance classes. So really getting to stuff that really makes me happy and not just what I should do, but really health goals. I'd like, I mean, there's no races now, really. I would like to get back into like doing races. I've done two or three since he's been born. I don't, I'm not into the marathons anymore. I mean, it's funny. It's, I still like running, but I like it for different reasons. It's not so much setting like PRs or anything like that. It is to just feel good and feel strong. And I feel like myself when I run um, and to have that time for me. So that's the bigger reason why I'm out there and running. And sometimes I'll go with the stroller. There's hills here in Asheville. We're in North Carolina now, not Chicago. So it's very different. <laughs> it's very different. But I think it's really just having more of that balance of being able to say this is the plan that I want to do, you know, this is the workout I plan to do today. But if I don't feel up to it, or the timing doesn't work out, plans change that it's not, oh my God, how am I going to fit it in? It's okay. And just not spending any more time thinking about it. And that's the biggest shift that that I really needed. Yeah. So basically, you know, you're back out running, you're working out, but it's because it brings you happiness, not because you feel like it's something you should be doing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I find the stuff that I really like. And, um, especially, you know, with gyms, like, I think our gym is open now. I don't go. <laughs> it's such a weird time. Um, but you know, doing all my workouts from home has just been a different thing too. And like, okay, well, I'm not going to try to replicate the exact routine I was doing before COVID hit, you know, I'm going to do what makes sense for my at home workouts. And can I work out while he's eating lunch? You know, there's no gym childcare anymore. <laughs> so kind of figuring that out and it not being a big stress. I think it would have been a huge, huge stress before of what am I going to do without the gym, you know, and it's, I figured it out. <laughs> yeah. Well, that is awesome. I would love you for now to talk about your business, kind of how people can work with you, what you do, where they can find you. 
Yeah, yeah. So um, my business is Simply Well Coaching. It's making it real easy. <laughs> um, Instagram, I'm at Simply Well Coaching. And then my website is simplywellcoaching.com. So I also offer a free, I want to offer all listeners a free 30 minute, I call it a mindset jumpstart. <laughs> so if anything I've talked about today is like, oh, I need to know more about that or that sounds great, but I have no idea how I would ever even be able to possibly get there. Free 30-minute mini coaching call, and we can kind of address the, the biggest issue <laughs> that pops up for you right now. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that today, Samantha. Thank you for sharing your story. All the links will be below. And yeah, once again, thanks for your time. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this podcast, do me a favor and take a screenshot right now and post it on your Instagram story. You can tag me at Girls Gone Healthy Podcast, at Girls Gone Healthy Podcast. Come say hi, come say what's up. I'd love to connect with you and this would help support me to continue bringing you free content. See you next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.